It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, today on Locked on NHL, the Western Conference Wednesday edition, we're taking a look at our new Western Conference champions, the Dallas Stars. My name is Sarah Avampato, one half of Locked on NHL Wednesday edition. I've got here with me Tom Gazzola, who is representing the bubble in the playoffs as my partner in crime today on the show. So, we're going to get right into it and talk about the Dallas Stars who did the unthinkable based on everyone's brackets who I'm hearing are just busted at this point by defeating the Golden Knights 3 to 2 in overtime winning the series 4 to 1 and sending them to the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 20 years I'll be honest this is not what I expected how about you no i uh, <laughs> i'll put it bluntly sarah I did not expect the Dallas Stars to be going to the Stanley Cup final representing the Western Conference. And quite frankly, I thought it would be a total reversal of of what we just witnessed. I thought we would be talking about the Vegas Golden Knights winning in four and five or five games and, and coming off a, a tough series against Vancouver and, and how they had to overcome a, a Canucks team that pushed them to the brink. And, you know, I thought that they were in a groove much like, you know, Tampa, as we've witnessed, has been in. So (laughs) just it was one surprise after another after another each game from the Stars. And and I know people are rallying behind Rick Bonus and they love him. And he's been in, in the hockey world for a long time. He's been a head coach or an assistant coach with about 20 of the 31 teams. And and now all of a sudden he comes in with the interim tag after the Jim Montgomery situation earlier in the season. He goes through four and a half months of a pause in the season and he rallies a veteran Dallas Stars group without their number one goaltender and riding Anton Hudobin gets them past uh, a couple of really strong teams, an upstart Calgary team, a juggernaut in the Colorado Avalanche who obviously were bespelled by some injuries and and the Stars were able to take advantage of that. And then they get through a Golden Knights team that, quite frankly, was built to be a Stanley Cup contender, and I thought Stanley Cup winners. So you, you got to give credit where credit is due. This this is a, a Stars team that does have players that's been around uh, collectively for a long time. I mean, they've got guys that have won Stanley Cups. They've got guys that know how to win, and, and they're rising to the occasion. And, you know... Jamie Benn has certainly risen to the occasion, but you look at Tyler Sagan, he might be a little bit banged up and and not playing at 100%, and he hasn't really been as much of a factor. Uh, We saw Joel Kivaranta with another huge goal, and Mm -hmm. and that comes after, you know, what he was able to do against the Avalanche in Game 7. So uh, it's just been absolutely crazy to watch the stars team and they seem like a team of destiny but you know it feels like that gravy train will stop once they face likely or or they do face the tampa bay lightning which we're you know fully expecting to now make their way to the stanley cup final the stars did start the season looking like basically the worst team in hockey they were Mm -hmm. one seven and one to start 
Of course, as you mentioned, the whole issue with Jim Montgomery being unexpectedly uh, fired from the team, uh, the reasons why, which came out later because of some uh, off the ice personal issues that he, he was having, and just a whole bunch of turmoil on that team. This is the same team that uh, a couple of seasons ago, the, the owners ownership of the team called them all out basically for being terrible and with a, has his like profanity-laden rants. And this is a team that also earlier in the playoffs, there were reports basically from some media saying that the Dallas Stars don't look like they want to be in the bubble and that the team didn't look like they were committed to be there. And I, I feel like that has, for all the talk of like things that analytics can't measure, uh, that level of spite, you know, even their, their social media is like, we're not going home. And they're, they're really kind of capitalizing on this attitude that people had towards them of like, why are you even here? And I, I feel like you can't entirely count out uh, a team just pulling themselves together somehow and going on a magical run, no matter how this ends. Uh, I feel like it's a, a huge moment for Dallas Stars fans, uh, for that team, for guys like Jamie Benn, who you mentioned, who uh, you know has been criticized over the past few years for maybe his performance slowing down, not being as good as he was at his his peak and just kind of looking at everyone and saying, no, we deserve to be here. And it's been kind of fascinating to watch a team with a little bit of an attitude uh, run through this postseason. Speaking of attitude, how about the Golden Knights? <laughs> they, they've quickly, <laughs> they've gone from darlings of the NHL to the most hated team because of their spunk, let's call it and attitude and sass, if you will. Uh, and their vocalness on the ice. So it's funny how everything's kind of turned on its head, but I'm not going to lie to you watching the golden Knights throughout this entire return to play and the postseason. I, and I, I've had this like keen interest in them since they've come into the league, watch them play against the Oilers, obviously covering the Oilers and seeing them in the same division, but I just find them compelling and exciting and, and them kind of being this, the, the brash jerks that they've come off as in this whole playoff scenario, I've enjoyed it. And I, I, seem to, I seem to think that they have embraced it at least. And they know they're good. When you're good, it's okay to recognize that you're good. You know, you don't always have to be incredibly humble and modest. And, and I think the Golden Knights, uh, just because they've been so vocal, uh, have gotten a lot of negative attention that I don't think they deserve. And I quite frankly got a kick out of. Yeah, there have been a, a handful of reporters who are in the bubble who have been on, uh, I feel like what they've been sort of self-describing as like the chirp <laughs> beat, because we've been getting a lot of reports because it is so easy to hear if you are live in the arena. It's so easy to hear all of the things that the players are shouting back and forth at each other uh, and contributing to the reasons why those of us watching at home get some garbled sound every so often whenever they have to tape delay it to make sure we don't hear uh, what they are saying. And so I feel like Vegas has definitely been uh, one of those teams who have been uh, captured quite frequently with some some choice words for their opponents. Coming up next on the show, did someone on the Dallas Stars take chirping a little bit too far? We've got to look at that situation next. But first, let's talk about Roman, because it's not easy to talk about erectile dysfunction for a lot of people. Usually it gets brushed off. People blame themselves. They avoid it. 
it's just not a thing that people always want to talk about. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. And you get to talk with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It is simple, it's safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. If medication is decided to be the most appropriate thing for you, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and get it all taken care of. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Also, I want to tell you about DoorDash because if you haven't been using this already, you are missing out. Between all of the tasks that you need to do, especially in our pandemic world where you are at home all the time and things don't stop. You have laundry and dishes and maybe you've got kids to get through virtual school while you have to get through virtual work. There's just a ton of things going on. So give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you are craving right now directly to your door. It's super easy to order. All you do is open the DoorDash app, search for what you want to eat, and your food will come to you. And with DoorDash's new contactless delivery drop-off setting, food will be left safely outside your door. I ordered a pizza the other week from DoorDash, and it was indeed left safely outside my door. The driver let me know it was there, and ta-da, pizza. There are over 300,000 partners in the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So no matter where you are in those places, you can support your local favorite restaurants or choose from some favorite national spots like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, and more. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. So get started. I'm hungry. I bet you are too. Open up that DoorDash app. Don't forget that is code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Now, looking back at the bubble and thinking about chirping and the chirp beat of some of the reporters there. There was a report out of that final game of the series that uh, someone in Dallas maybe took things a little too far uh, with the reports that someone had a chirp that included the, the phrase mutt, which was maybe allegedly, maybe not directed at Ryan Reeves. There was a lot of lack of context in some ways of uh, the reports that were coming out. People had been questioning whether it was directed at Ryan Reeves, because then there would be some sort of racial overtones to it, because that can be a phrase people use to you know, derogatively describe someone who's of mixed race. But there have been now some conflicting reports, let's say, out of the bubble as to who that was directed at. Uh, so did you have any insight or experience or hear what was going on there that you can share with uh, with us? You know, the reporters that are giving us uh, the detailed audio of, of what's being said on the ice in written form via Twitter is is the, the boys from The Athletic. You've got Arpon Bosu from uh, Montreal and Thomas Drantz out of Vancouver, both guys there representing the athletic. And, and I got to say, like, their ears are razor sharp. And 
Stephen Wino has come in now and he's part of uh, the media contingent. He's done his two week quarantine, so he's good to go. And he's also chimed in with some of the the audio that we've been hearing and detailing it for everyone that that has the garbled sound, as you mentioned. And it is fun to listen to. And that exchange was when William Carrier was getting into it with Matthias Janmark. And I thought that it was the Vegas bench calling Janmark a mutt because let's let's face it. I mean, you look at the guy and you see his picture. You're like, well, he's no dill pickle. So I, that that was my assumption. I don't know if it was it, you know directed towards Ryan Reeves because I thought by then Reeves was already at the bench. They told him to get out of the scrum because you know that if there's a, a mm-hmm. scrum that uh, Reeves being the agitator, tough guy that he is, he's going to be a target for the extra penalty. If they're only going to take one guy to set set the tone for the game as officials tend to do so that they can kind of break it up and, and, and really – dictate that they're not going to take any of the crap, so to speak, early in the game. So that's not that kind of feisty, chippy game. Uh, they usually penalize one team that's being over aggressive. And Ryan Reeves tends to be that guy mixing it up most of the time. But I thought at that point, Reeves had made his way to the bench because you could hear some of the Golden Knights saying, hey, Revo, get out of there. You know, they're only taking one. So I thought it was directed <laughs> toward Yanmark. And then I, I was like, oh, why are they saying that to Yanmark? Or as we discussed in the press box, some people thought it was towards William Carrier and you go, okay, well, you know, you, you know, so they have their unique physical traits. <laughs> and I thought Janmark of the two is, you know, you, you look at him and you go, well, you're not traditionally handsome. At least I don't assume he would be. And, and William Carrier has a unique look to himself as was pointed out by some in the press box last night. So we couldn't really distinguish who exactly was being called, that you know, a mutt. And I I didn't think it was Reeves because I thought he was already at the bench. I thought it was Yanmark to be honest with you because I was like, yeah, well, he looks like a typical hockey player, not exactly uh, a pretty boy movie star look, if you will. Do you think this is one of those things where the we're having difficulties because of the whole post game conferences on Zoom kind of thing? If you were in a locker room, you could walk right up to someone, uh, or you know, if you're asking questions after a morning skate or something, it's a little easier to you know to go find that guy, whoever said it, and and talk to him about it. Instead, we get you know two guys behind a table and someone moderating a Zoom call. Do you think this is something we'd have a little more clarity on if we were in a not bubble world? I think that's that's actually a really good point because you'd go into the room and you can you can you know have a big scrum with the guy and ask about a certain situation or incident that happened and they'll answer it. Um, some guys will shy away and, and kind of duck it in a, in a press conference or a scrum scenario. But the other thing too, Sarah, is like when you're in the room and you have that ability to kind of you know put the mic down, you don't have your camera with you either, and you could just go up to a guy and go, okay, you know, did they say this to you? Did they say it to someone else? Who said it? And generally, the players, if you have a good rapport with them, will be like, well, okay, this is this is what was said. This was who it was directed to. And, and all of that has been kind of thrown out the window, like you said, with the Zoom situation. So, and, and this, this is not an us versus them. And I know, you know, the media isn't really put into the best spotlight these days, particularly. And, and whenever we collectively as media gripe about something, you know, most fans are just like, ah, shut up. You know, it's not so bad. You get paid to talk about sports. 
But this is actually, and I'm glad you brought it up. This is a good example of where the room, being in the room and having access to it and those relationships that you have with certain players can actually clarify situations much better than these Zoom calls, which are being broadcast out, streamed out, um, and only a handful of people have access to. And then you have the whole awkwardness of, of there's a person inside the arena who, you know, if you're in the arena and you go up to the microphone and camera and you talk, they mute you and they take you off and they say, you only have one question, no follow-ups. Then you have to go to uh, the zoom portion of the conference. You got to go to people in their respective markets. It, It makes it very sterile, if you will. And everyone's playing it very carefully and no one's saying anything. And you lose that element of sincerity and you you do lose a lot of the insight so i'm actually really glad you brought that up i didn't even think of it that way but um that is one of the aspects and elements that is missing in this time of of covid and and how it has affected our access and and getting the the story straight to be honest with you yeah i feel like what you said what you said about like having the rapport with the players i think is Something that I think is, you know, as someone who I report mostly on per- in person on AHL stuff, and for example, uh, Zach Whitecloud on the the Golden Knights, who mm-hmm. it was his penalty that led to the power play that the the Stars won off of. I covered Zach for a year and a half in the AHL. And, you know, always found him to be a super candid, you know, very well spoken, always had great answers to any question I ever asked of him, just like the nicest guy. And it's one of those situations where if you're all in person and you're in a locker room together, he's not necessarily going to want to talk to you after a game like that, but he he would. We're kind of denied that in this sort of situation because there is no access to to being able to get to those guys and there's no not necessarily anyone there on the ground who has developed that level of rapport with any of these players uh, because it's not necessarily like all of the local people who are covering teams who are in there Uh, so yeah I think that that is a thing that we're missing out on in this experience of having people who really have those relationships with players of covering them day in and day out for however many years. And now they're on the other side of a zoom and they have to wait to be called on by a moderator who may or may not get to their question instead of being able to walk up to them and be like, Hey, let's talk about this thing. If you were covering like the wolves in Chicago and you're talking with white cloud, uh, I, I found, you know, I, I, Moved to Oklahoma City during the lockout in 2012, and I covered the Oilers affiliate, the Barons, and and that's actually where you get like some of the best stuff mm-hmm. out of guys, and you build the best relationships because uh, the AHL does not get the attention of the NHL by any stretch, and they're actually appreciative to have a reporter to talk to, and 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 you you know you're lucky and you have an advantage where you get to get to know them as they're growing up in the game and as pros and you get some of the best stuff and those those relationships and reports there they continue once the guys make it to the NHL and uh and they they both remember where you know where you guys were at at, at that time in their career and they're appreciative of it, of it if you're good to them yeah i feel like it's definitely a 
a, a thing that I think a lot of casual like observers or people who don't have the like behind the curtain look into into it. I think that they they may not really realize like that there is more to reporting on a game or something than just being like, hey, so did you get the pucks in deep? Like it is <laughs> it is more than that. And, and there is that there is that relationship building. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's sometimes marred by like local TV anchor coming in and saying, so talk me through the game. And then everyone the, the first time the word talk me through came out of my mouth interviewing someone I just wanted to like crumble into the ground <laughs> I was like oh no I said it <laughs> hey we've all done it we've all had our moments and that's how we live and learn and get better that's uh we've trust me uh some of my early tv work awful absolutely awful I hope <laughs> those tapes are, are gone into the ethos never to be seen again right well we'll put in a couple calls later and, and Please see, don't. See, see if we can <laughs> get rid of all that <laughs> So looking at Dallas and the fact that they are heading on, uh, we have two possible teams that they could be facing in the Stanley Cup final. We have the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And just real quick, want to think about how they're going to possibly match up with either of those teams. So what are your thoughts on the Islanders and on the Lightning as a potential opponent for the Dallas Stars? Well, if the Stars and Islanders are going to meet in, in the final, I think you got to go advantage stars because the Islanders will be going to seven games and, and, and they'll go through a hot hard fought series with the lightning and, and they're getting beat up too. like Brock Nelson. I don't know how he stayed in that game earlier in the series, but he's okay. And they're starting to succumb to injuries. So I really feel that if the Islanders miraculously make a go of it and, and force a game seven and manage to push their way into the final. I think that Dallas will be rested and ready and will just be able to devour the Islanders, quite frankly. Now, the Islanders have proven that they're a, a plucky group. Uh, they're well coached. Barry Trotz has them uh, humming along nicely. Everybody's bought in. They do have skill. They do have talent. They, they can play a tougher style of game. But uh, quite frankly, it, it's, it's such a gauntlet for them to get to the cup final that I think that by the time they get there, if that does indeed happen, they're just going to be ripe for the picking. And the Stars have overcome some some tremendous teams, and now they are just riding high in terms of confidence and ability, and they're going to be rested up and, and a little bit healed up from whatever's been ailing their injury situation. Now, on the flip side of that, if the Stars are going to face the Tampa Bay Lightning... I think that they're going to be completely outmatched. Uh, they're going to have to get some lucky bounces to beat the Lightning if that's going to happen. They're going to have to find ways to keep the games close by checking tightly, being aggressive on the forecheck like they have, uh, being veteran savvy, which they are. And, and I think that really gave them an advantage in the series against the Golden Knights where, where they had guys that weren't rattled by certain scenarios. We saw in Game 5 when they were down 2 nothing. And, and the Stars were taking tons of penalties. They got through those, those scenarios and situations unharmed, basically. And they killed off three big penalties in the second period. And then they managed to rally and score two goals and, and tie the game, force overtime, and, and get the win in OT. So the Stars can kind of play the weighted out game if they need to. But if, if they have any hope in hell of, of beating 
the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup final, Sarah, they're going to need to keep those games close and not let the high-end talent of the Tampa Bay Lightning blow games open like they're capable of. And quite frankly, I don't think in a seven-game series, Dallas will have that ability. It just feels like this Lightning team, they're motivated by what happened to them last year against Columbus. They know how good they are. They've been the best team in hockey over the last two regular seasons. And they're making it work in the postseason as well. It hasn't been an easy road for them to the Stanley Cup final, but they've gotten through relatively unscathed. Then we're watching Braden Point take it to another level. We're watching Victor Hedman take it to another level. Sergachev has been great. Kucherov making some absolutely magical plays. This, this team can come at you in wave after wave after wave, and, and not every wave is going to look at the same. I mean, they can... They can rough you up, beat you up, play you tough. They can play the speed game. They can play the skill game. doesn't matter which way you want to play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They can adapt, and they can be deadly. And and that's why I think if the Stars and Lightning are the Stanley Cup final, we're going to see the Lightning hoist the cup relatively quickly. Now, if it's the Stars and the Islanders, I think the Stars have the advantage uh, in terms of rest and savvy and uh, health, basically. We've got more about the possible Stanley Cup final matchups, as well as a look at some trade rumors coming up next on the show. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, because Built Bar is back and it is better than ever. After taking a quick break to restock, to reformulate, and to come up with a bunch of great new flavors, Built Bar has relaunched and they are available for you. Those great new flavors include things like Apple Almond Crisp, carrot cake, cookies and cream, caramel brownie, and others, plus the original 12 flavors of coconut almond, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel, and more. All of those are available for you in the Built Bar form that you already love, covered in 100% chocolate, only now they're even softer, even fluffier, even more delicious. Built Bars are healthy. They're good for you. They are great for you if you're health conscious. They are great for you if you need a burst of energy, or if you're like me and you just want something delicious to snack on, to get you through the day, to give you the motivation when you start out your morning. That is exactly why Built Bar exists. You can go online right now to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. They taste delicious. They taste like a candy bar. I cannot possibly recommend enough that you give these a shot. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on for $10 off your next order at builtbar.com. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I feel like the only downside to a Stars Lightning final is that we will be denied any any chance, most likely, of the Ben Bishop revenge tour uh, nah. since he is still... <laughs> unfit to play and even if he is fit to play at some point Kudobin has been so good for that team that I, I don't think it would make sense to to throw Bishop in unless something goes terribly awry in in this series 
Totally. I, I couldn't agree more with you. you Hudobin, they, you saw the video with Andre Sekera giving him the, the, the stars mm -hmm. chain after the big win. Yep. They love that guy. He's like their, yeah. he's like their own mascot, but they've rallied behind <laughs> him. And he, you're right. He's played absolutely fantastic. If it is a lightning stars matchup, it is almost going to be a matter of how much longer can he stand on his head to, to withstand everything that Tampa is going to throw at him. Because like you said, there are every line, every defensive pairing has someone on it who is quite honestly terrifying. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's going to be an interesting series to watch if that's what we get. They're making Zach Bogosian and Luke Shen look like stud defensemen in Tampa right now. And those guys were were basically playing for their careers, and and they've looked tremendous. Like, I think that's a sign of a of a really championship caliber team when you got guys who were barely hanging on, looking like a top two pairing for pretty much every team in the league. I think that's one of those signs. Before the playoffs started, I had joked with uh, Adam Denker, our Locked On Lightning host. Uh, we, we had joked about Zach Bogosian, Con Smythe winner, <laughs> or, you know, Zach Bogosian, overtime goal, like game seven, wins the Stanley Cup. And like every time he does something good, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Did it, we just like wish this into existence? It just might happen. It You, you know, the clairvoyance there is off the hook. If, if it just, if there's that possibility. So you might still be right. It's 2020. Anything can happen. Oh, yeah. Um, so true. So I figured we would wrap things up with just a quick look at what I, I feel like everyone always loves to hear about, which is trade rumors. Because now that we have a date for the draft, now that we have a date for free agency, teams are going to start looking to make deals, to move picks around and all that stuff. Uh, so one of the big names that I have heard circulating around on the, the trade rumor circuit is Patrick Laine with the Winnipeg Jets, who people keep suggesting that he is someone who could be on the move from that team. Do you think that that's likely? Do you think that he is going to be wearing a different jersey whenever the, the next season starts, whenever uh, that actually happens? I mean, for the sake of everyone, I kind of hope it starts in December, but you know, we're hearing more and more <laughs> might be pushed to January. But I think, Sarah, we're going to see a crazy brief offseason with a ton of movement. This salary cap freeze is going to create so many dilemmas for so many teams. And one of those teams could be the Winnipeg Jets. And Patrick Laine, you know, it hasn't always been smooth negotiations with him and the Jets. And you can't really tell if he's always happy playing in Winnipeg or for the Jets. It's a great team. You know, he was a 40-goal scorer a couple of years ago and at times has struggled to, to match what he was doing a couple seasons ago. So I think it is entirely possible that Patrick Laine could be on the move. And... And honestly, too, he might not be the only big name on the move via trade. Like, I, I'm looking at what's going on in Calgary, and, and I listened to that Johnny Gaudreau end-of-season press conference and, and said how he would love to play his career out in Calgary, and it's like a second to ho home to him. And to me, I'm going, uh-oh, like, I'm checking off the, <laughs> the list going, those are all, like, mm -hmm. signs of the kiss of death. Like, it's over. So yep. I, I think that there's going to be a ton of guys on the move. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, I, I, you, mm -hmm. we saw Dave Pagnotta, be. yeah, come up with that report saying that they've got a five-year, five million per deal with Robin Leonard. That's like a handshake agreement. I can't wait to see that confirmed soon. And, and yeah, the, the, the situation, like you said, it has to be a, a scenario where they move on from Marc-Andre Fleury. Like when, when Alan Walsh, sends out a tweet with his star player with a, a sword through his back with Pete DeBoer's name on it. 
you know, and, and that's, that puts Vegas into a tough situation too, because mm-hmm. $7 million for the next two years for that guy, they're going to have to eat some of his salary. So we're going to see a lot of big names on the move. And I think some unexpected ones too. So when it comes to line a, absolutely. He could be in a different uniform next year. And maybe, maybe the jets find a way to shore up their blue line in a deal for line a, cause they have a ton of talent up front. And uh, maybe Kevin Cheveldayoff can also find a way to weasel uh, into the deal a, a good, good high-end prospect or young player that could potentially, you know, fill some of that offensive void that trading line A would leave. I feel like for the sake of all of us who cover Western Conference teams, I can only hope that line A goes somewhere uh, in the East because yeah. <laughs> if he ever does recapture that like 40 goal scoring touch, or if they put him on a team with line mates who are going to get him there regularly, like I don't want any part of that. I want to see him twice a year and I want to be done with it. And so what I'm saying is I need like the sharks and the ducks or whoever to just, just, just step away from this one <laughs> because <laughs> I don't need that stress in my life. Well, I mean, Southern California and Northern California are pretty pleasant in December, January, and February, <laughs> weather-wise, unlike Winnipeg and Edmonton and Calgary. So, you know. Nice change. Yeah. Speaking of Edmonton, since they are, they are your area, your world of expertise, any quick thoughts on who Edmonton might be looking at, what uh, deals that they're going to be looking to make uh, to upgrade or to move out some problem parts before the next season? Well, one of their good problems is they don't really have a ton of problems. But if you do want to specifically look to an area that they want to upgrade, it sounds like Ken Holland's doing his due diligence on the goaltending situation. He's talked to everyone and anyone trying to find out what the market is for some of these high-end goalies that are going to be out there. So sure, they've talked to Pittsburgh. Yes, they've talked to Arizona about Darcy Camper and Pittsburgh, of course, in, in regard to Matt Murray. I'm sure they're going to circle around to Braden Holtby when he explores free agency. He's from a small town, Lloydminster, two and a half hours away from Edmonton. So he's familiar to the area. Maybe they they check in with the Golden Knights on Marc-Andre Fleury and, and what it might cost to get him out to Edmonton. Uh, where's Corey Crawford going to end up? Is he going to go back to Chicago or or is he on to somewhere else. There's going to be so much movement goalie-wise, but the Oilers are going to have plenty of options to upgrade on Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. You know, they're tied to Miko Koskinen's $4.5 per year deal that runs through next year and the year after. If Ken Holland can find a way to get out of that one, I'm sure he'd like to. But if if you bring in a, a, a 1A goalie at a reasonable price, Sarah, like Ken Holland, I'm sure would like to, that could play about 50 to 55 games. And then you've got Miko Koskinen, as a very expensive backup who can give you a good 30 games around there. That's a really good scenario. And, and it upgrades on what was Mike Smith and, and Miko Koskinen, which was a tandem, quite frankly, that was a pleasant surprise for the Oilers throughout the regular season and then a disappointment in the qualifying round. Well, we're going to certainly have lots more trade movement and rumors and all of that coming up over the next couple weeks as we inch closer to free agency and the draft. So we'll, of course, be checking back in on that topic on the show uh, in the near future. That about wraps it up for today. Uh, For people listening, where can they find you out there uh, on the internet, on the radio, on the television, all of your usual haunts as you uh, continue in the bubble. 
Yeah. Uh, TSN 1260 here at Edmonton, Sarah, and uh, TSN on the TV side from time to time. NHL Network from time to time. Uh, where else? Locked on NHL with you on Wednesdays, obviously, and on Fridays with Joe DiBiase from Locked on Sabres. And uh, if you want to follow me, just at Tom Gazzola. And uh, we do, myself and our morning show guy, Dustin Nielsen, do a thing called the Oil Stream every Wednesday and Friday. It's 15 minutes of fun, as I like to describe it. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. And for all of our listeners, we'll be back next week on Locked on NHL, the uh, Western Conference Wednesdays. Thanks to all of you for listening to the show today. You can find this show on Twitter at Locked on NHL Pods. Make sure you give us a follow as we are not only tweeting out information on the episodes of this show, but we're also sharing the great things that our hosts across the network are doing. So you might find some other favorite podcasts about some other teams that you want to uh, get up to date on. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed to the show if you haven't already. We are available wherever podcasts are found. So Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast app is, we are there. Leave a rating or a review if you like what you're hearing so that other people know exactly how much you're enjoying this show. And of course, tell your friends all about it if you have hockey fans in your life make sure they're listening to the show because we are coming down to the wire the stanley cup is going to be awarded soon and you want to be part of the locked on family as we dig into what's going to happen in these final few games so that is it for today make sure you come back tomorrow and the rest of the week for more great episodes of locked on nhl from our hosts across the network and uh we'll see you next time this has been locked on nhl part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.